This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. In five. Check for sound. Four. It's showtime. Three. Let's two, go. One. Thanks to Rode Microphones and Harlan Hogan's VoiceOverEssentials.com, the home of the Portabooth Pro. This is the Pro Audio Suite podcast with Robert Marshall from Source Elements and Someone Audio Post Chicago. Darren Robbo Robertson from Voodoo Radio Imaging Sydney. From LA, George the Tech Whitam, the Tech to the VO Stars, and me, Andrew Peters, voiceover talent and home studio guy. Welcome back to the Pro Audio Suite. This is part two of our chat with Alistair Lee. If you missed last week, I'd suggest you go back and listen to part one because Alistair's got an amazing story because Alistair is completely blind and operates a home studio apart from going to commercial studios. And anyone that's in this business, we know how tough it is even if you're completely and utterly able-bodied. So you can imagine the difficulties for Alistair and the like. I'm still figuring out what the red button means. <laughs> I know what the eject button means. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but Alistair, uh, do you find that there is some pushback because you're blind? And, and I, don't, I, I don't want to point any fingers. And, and the story I'm about to tell is probably 15 years ago now. So it's a long while ago. But me having known Matt Ponsonby from day one of my audio career, I never had any hesitation in booking him for a job. But I was working for an agency once and Matt would have been the perfect voice for the job. There's no doubt about it. But when I brought it up at the casting meeting, the question was posed, isn't he the blind guy? To which my answer was yes. I was like, oh, no, that's all too difficult. Um, do you, do you, I mean, you probably don't experience it firsthand, but do you hear stories of that happening still or surely we've moved on from that? Um, I, I'm always, I, I don't engage in sort of that um, directly because it's, you know, I don't handle bookings for my own, you know, mm. that's what you've got agents for. Mm. Um, I think, yes, it still happens. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I put the studio in, to yeah. basically remove any obstacle for anyone to be able to not mm. book me for something. And I think, you know, the other thing is um, being realistic, uh, because the industry has changed a lot since Matt worked in it, time for getting scripts done or getting to jobs quickly, that's become much tighter. And as the industry, at least in Australia, has deregulated and changed a lot, there's a lot more competition. And so, you know... There is a little more that goes on for me to be able to do the same thing that a sighted person could do, i.e. they can walk into their own home studio, grab a script off a printer or an iPhone and read it. Um, For me to be able to do that in the same way from the client's end is incredibly important because I don't want to make it about the fact that I have a blindness. I just want to make it so that it's just as easy working with me as it is for someone else. Mm -hmm. And being a musician to be able to hear the pitch... Get right back yep. where you were. Crucial. Yep. You know, you can get to that B-flat note that you hit with the other take, for example, and make sure that the pitch is almost identical. Do, do you um, have perfect you know, pitch? Depending on what it is you're reading. I have absolute pitch, which 
which yeah, is annoying because I can listen to a washing machine or a dishwasher or a car or a motorbike, and, and that's how I used to tune engines too when I was rebuilding them, yeah. old simple carbureted motors. Um, yes, I have what's called absolute pitch. Perfect pitches where yeah. you can listen to an orchestra being tuned and say, oh, that's sharp or flat, whereas I can listen to anything. It doesn't have to be musical, and I can identify the notes the pitch. Um, yeah. of all of those things, yeah. Alistair, if I may, if I may ask a quick question, um, there's a there's a, a kid who he's blind and he has I mean there's there's videos of him skateboarding about and he can hear he 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 goes about going like and yeah go cancellation is, yeah and he's he's able to hear the subtle things like the curb or they there's a video of yep. him basically trying to find skinnier and skinnier objects on a table and and he's able to find i think something like a, a like practically like a tall skinny glass or something <clears throat> do you do you find that you can point to the walls and know where things are just acoustically yes um i can gauge a lot about a room walking into it and richie and Richie's seen me do this, uh, says Michael. You know, I can gauge a lot about a house or a building by ceiling height. Echolocation is what you're talking about. Yes. Um, I don't have to click. Uh, Sometimes you do, but, you know, I can tell, for example, if a room has lovely proportions, if the windows are small or large, um, you know, whether you've got carpet or rugs. Um, right, right. You, you know, can tell if you're standing in front of a window. I love, I love old stuff. houses with wood, with wood, with wood and stone, rather than glass and marble, because glass and marble has a cold feel to it, and it's very modern. And you know, I love old-fashioned things in that sort of sense because they have a warmth of them, a little bit like you know Avalon preamps. You know. Uh, so many sound, like you know, technicians working in tuning rooms. I don't think have mm. the skill set that you have mm. that you built <clears throat> for your, you know, like that. That alone. You know, people do things like putting mirrors up to see where the speakers are going to hit reflections and there's different tricks. And and you kind of walk in a room and you're like, the reflection's right over there behind me to the right. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll, say, I'll chip in with another thing that I've seen you do, Al, is um, be able to pretty much nail what somebody's um, build is, like how tall they are and, um, you know, they're sort of defining body features um just by listening to them talk as well that's that that is actually pretty Mm. amazing too wow in terms of body language whether someone's whether someone is um you can and this is where i think you know listening as a vo is so critical because what and this is one of the things people forget you could have the best voice in the world but if you're not listening closely to what a client wants and sometimes if you're in a session and we all know when you have a creative that wants something different to the engineer that wants something different to the producer what you Mm -hmm. need to learn to do and this is where you know being blind i think gives me a huge advantage is you listen to their body language you know when they're leaning forwards or if you're in a room physically with someone you can hear a lot about how they stand or sit or their posture that's not always possible through virtual link ups with a microphone but when you meet people you can often tell i was out to lunch the other day with two people i know and what i figured was that they kept on looking at each other and not looking at me and i laughed because what they didn't realize mm. is that i could hear that quite easily yeah, yeah. You, you you hear the like, shift in their just don't EQ forget, guys. of the voice right yeah you, you just hear yep, their voice get a little right. less bright. And, well, it's 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 also, but it's also to do with their face and their movements. You can hear a lot of that. Mm. Um, I'm not mm. sure best how to describe I've, that. I've experienced yeah, that firsthand because it, it's something like after spending so much time together. No um, <laughs> if 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 I wouldn't talk to 
hour like him, I was just sort of talking and, and sometimes I do that anyway, just from like when I'm thinking or whatever, you won't respond out because you don't think I'm talking to you. Like, yeah, you right. Know. Yeah, yeah. That's and also, we're up. I remember being up at the pub one day, and I was, we were laughing. I was going, I was like when I'm talking at the pub, you know, after a beer or so, like I'm using my hands a lot, you know, and all the rest of it. And I said, Dale, it feels funny when I use my hands to talk, you know, because you can't <laughs> see them. And he goes, but I can, I can hear what you're doing animated in your voice, and your hands are only really just a yeah. reflection of that, or vice versa, sort yeah. of thing. So the fish I caught was like this big. Yeah, that's right. yeah, that's right. Like, like, what's it like to- going yeah, going to I Italy? Think, you know, like- <laughs> notice, notice, notice that um, notice that plosive on Darren's big. You know, he leant forward a fractional, leant, moved a little fraction when he said big. Uh, I was moving you know, my hands out of the uh, way of the microphone. That's right. You, but you, you're right. You picked uh, it. Now the truth yeah. comes there out. You go. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, you Very did. good. You and my daughter, we were playing a video game, and she was like, "Dad, there's something wrong with this music," and I'm like. No, there's nothing wrong with the music. And she's like, no, no, there's something wrong. Finally, you know, picked, you know, I picked up the piano keyboard and began figuring it out and quickly found that it was sitting right between two notes. Yeah, right. Quarter tone off. Wow. Drove her crazy. Wow. I was like, I don't know. It sounds fine to me. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. But you'll, you'll so get, like and, and that's exactly right. And, uh, and I think, well, it is. And I think for me, you know, talking to audio engineers as I embarked on this build to get some advice and opinions, and I'd say to them, look, I- I'm just a VO. I don't have, I'm not an engineer. Um, you know, I did do audio engineering at uni, but that was a long time ago. I don't have the technical knowledge, but what I do have is one of the best sets of ears, and that's why I can tell that something isn't right or if it is right and, and find a methodology to work around to fixing it. And again, you know, it came with when we were trying to make the window silent, for example, we had to make a panel that I could lift into the window because I live in the middle of Sydney, in North Sydney, where you get a lot of traffic noise and a lot of construction. I needed to silence that so I couldn't hear things. And then we had the challenge, as Richie and others would attest, I'd hear something and I'd worry about it coming through the Neumann, for example, which picks up everything. Thing. The 416 not being so sensitive, but the U87, you can't hide. You're um, a nightmare. Any you're, sort of you're, background you're a sound. guy with amazing hearing, a U87, and an apartment yeah. in the city. Yeah. <laughs> you're a nightmare client. Exactly. Yeah, but but that's the thing. It's it's, And it wouldn't pick up the things I could hear, thank goodness. Um, and that's where sometimes having amazing hearing is a bit of a curse yeah so i'm testing out a braille display at the moment and i know that um the lady you spoke to in the us i've been trying to contact her for a while um she uses a single line braille display and this might be of interest to people when reading i use a full braille page and we can put some pictures up as well in the chat too which might be interesting um I prefer having a full braille page because you can read ahead more easily. And also I found using a braille display, the rattle of the pins was too loud. Now that, because they're electronic pins and they move up and down, we then tried modifying a braille display with a company to make it quieter. But because my studio is so quiet, that's one of the disadvantages of having built it so well, you can hear the pins rattle. So (laughs) we're going to look at installing another gate. It's a pin drop. Yeah, Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. That's right. The other thing I'm looking at, too, is using the computer to read a script rather than Braille. And there's a, a fellow in the US by the name of Pete Guston, who I've had some contact with, and he's a wonderful, wonderful chap. He is um, visually impaired but can't read Braille. And so he uses Windows Narrator to read his scripts on the computer, and then he repeats them. Um, wow. And I'm working on being able to do that, too. And 
Now, but you see, for me, the disadvantage of that is obviously it's a whole new way of learning, and it's it's huge because, yeah. and that's why how can Braille, you disconnect your brain from I was not wanting say. to repeat the inflection, yeah. or the rhythm, yeah, that or whatever you you're hearing. I mean, it would you. be so difficult. You totally. have to detach that part of your no, thinking. Sometimes, sometimes with scripts, I've followed guide tracks to get it exact on the timing when you've worked in with you know an ad where it's you've had post-production you have to fit it into exactly into these bits and timings for framing for visuals which i don't understand but if there's a guide track i will follow it exactly um to do that and, and sighted voiceovers do that too but that's why i've used the braille in full-size braille sheets um to do that um to make it you know it's just that works well for me and and that's what i love doing so Sorry, uh, could I just mention what you were saying before about reading one step behind, uh, reading one step after? Um, there's actually a Triple J newsreader, uh, Naz Campanella, I think it is, and she actually reads the news. Chas Campanella, yes. Uh, and she uses the same method. She has George she, yeah, read she back. Did. She's and, now a journalist. Yeah. yeah. So she's uh, hmm. doing the same thing. She's now an ABC journalist. Um, she's now on television, amazingly. She's she's moved on from Triple J, and that's how she does it. Um, so I'm working on being able to do that too. So if there's a need for me to go into anywhere without Braille or it's difficult with scripting, I can then do that as an option as well. So And that's, that's going to take me a little while to master, but I will master it, I promise you. Yeah. <laughs> I had a relationship with somebody who's a voice actor. She's sighted, but she was doing um, a trade show or a corporate trade show uh presenting you know you're like a spokesmodel right and you're at this amazing display and but you have to speak it dead on right you know they had extremely stringent about timing and everything and that's precisely what she had to do so she had to listen to a guide track she'd never done it in her entire life and she nailed it but man what an interesting skill set you know it's 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 almost like simultaneous and interpretation yeah. So, so here's a technical question, a really easy one, but I assume that you're not using Source Connect as a plugin, and you're using the the input directly and the output directly, and then you're recording a backup on the fly in Reaper. Um, does the RME just not care about two applications running at the same time using the RME, or did you have to coax it into letting this happen, which often um, seems I, to be the case. I can answer that. Um, yeah, it's fine. It's got it's got a um, fair amount of v- virtual inputs um, that you can use, if you like. Like, pl- like you know, so um, like you'll set Source Connect, whatever it is, like to, to RME virtual 3 and 4 and something else to 5 and 6 and all of that. And not only is it, 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 it handles it, but it's, we found it's much better than running multiple devices. So there's no other sound interface for the PC at all. It's just the RME. Um, it can handle all of those inputs, which you can then, you know, control via total mix. But also to just like normal, the, the mic inputs can be fed to multiple applications as well, even though they're using the different virtual um, inputs on the output. On the output, yeah. So, so specifically, the input to Source Connect is a virtual output from the Total Mix mixer. No, or is no, it one the, of the inputs? No, the, no you, you you just set, um, you know, like um, uh, it's input five, I think, because their line ends like the first four in the RME would be um, <clears throat> like the actual microphone inputs. Um, yeah, no, you just uh, for the for the 
for the feed to source connect yeah you just literally pick the hardware input but on the output you pick the virtual one so then in the total mix you can throw up the fader for that um to, to sure it's just like the apollo right so right. yeah so it's interesting sure. in that the the rme does not have the common windows issue where you can't use two programs with the same audio device at the same time when you launch the second one, it says there's no audio device, and you're like, no, there is no uh, better audio not, drivers. That's not always true. I don't think than RME. I th- as far as I know, they make the most rock solid Windows drivers. audio drivers yep. in the business. I mean, that's what you've they probably really discovered, are. right? Yep. And what I ended up doing also too is just literally um, hard disabling every other um, onboard sound or or whatever or you know sound that was coming through the. Um, there is actually a, a screen in the um, studio, so like you know, um, uh, Sarah can use it, and I can I can do stuff, and um, most um, you know, like remote connection software actually needs a screen, I think. But anyway, so there's one there, and there'll be an audio device on that. I just ended up disabling all of those, so no software um, would inadvertently switch grab a hold of it right yeah audio drivers and then um you know so it's all, all it was all just i mean even in all all of the setups that i've done for anyone the the more you can make it you know prone to some kind of error obviously the better for the client and also for me that i don't have to get back in there and fix anything sort of thing so it was literally all of my experience um rolled into one in in this job i've, I've, I've got to say so, so does the RME, like the UA, let you run some of those built-in processing on the Total Mix software and push it out as the input? Like, and 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 Alistair, are you therefore sending out? This is a very hot topic. Sometimes processed audio, or do you just send it raw? Um, it's all raw. Um, so the only processing that I do, well, uh, except if you include the. The, like the Avalon um, in terms of that, but that's, um, I wouldn't even call that processing. It'd be just like setting focus on a camera or something. Um, but the only processing that um, that I do is um, just on the speaker and headphone output, I've just put a limiter on there just um, to save ears and um, speakers and headphones and stuff like that. To clarify for you, um, I always, if I'm working with a client, send the data raw, I don't engage the EQ or um, the Avalon's compressor at all. Um, I do, sometimes if I'm doing an audition where you want to produce it more, but I am absolutely adamant that, you know, it's that's the sound engineer at the other end, they will do what they want to do with it. The last thing you want to do is send them, you know, using the Avalon's compressor or, or you know, something like that where it might not be what they want. And the number of ads that you hear sometimes where someone's cranked up the EQ too much or the compression, I you know, you can pick where the sibilances are badly affected. So I'm always very aware of not doing that unless I'm specifically I'm doing production for myself or i'm sending an audition where you might but generally not i'm always very adamant that it's sent out raw and because the sound is good then you know they can do with it what they need and you know going back to when we were talking before about using the avalon and other things you have to be very careful i think not 
to do any of those sort of post things because that's you know what's done at the other end depending on you know how you're working and Alistair um, you've just scored sort of every thing. job Robert and I ever do from now on <laughs> that's right you're, you're on our list I will hold you to that one Darren uh, uh, but I think dear. you know and I can pick the difference in sound with that too and that's you know why when I'm working with a client, I make sure that they're happy with the sound, always do a sound check, yep, happy with that. And that's where having it set up and the amount of time and hours that we've put in means that they do get really, really good sound. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's essential. I'll just, I'll just go one, one point with that as well. I, I, I do know I, we have another friend um, client um, who has the same Avalon sort of thing and over, over years and years of, like, dealing with the same studio, they do um, direct him and just go, oh, could we just get a little bit more bass on that? And it's pretty much locked in now over so many years. So I think there's something that can be said about doing a little bit of, like, analogue EQ just to suit the voice on the preamp sort of thing, but... We've seen it a lot in the promo industry and, and any industry where they're moving really fast or especially mm. when you kind of know that you're working directly with an avid premiere editor and maybe this is never going to get to go to an official mix. It's just being mixed out of the video editor. And, and there, there's definitely situations where it's, it's better to process than to have it not be processed. Mm. But um, yeah, it's, I, I think it's something that you always ask maybe, mm, mm, or verify. Sure, sure. Um, Do you get asked very often to turn processing on? No, not really. And it's, uh, you know, at least in my usage of my studio, I've always sent raw. Um, and that's why, you know, I'm very strong on the fact that I've got a good gear list. If I'm working with a sound engineer that knows what it is, they'll know from reading that, that, oh, this is good, you know, he's got this and this and this. And that's why I tried to make sure that I had relatively industry standard pieces of equipment. Um, you know, I could have gone something other than a U87. I could have gone something other than a 41.6. I could have used a, you know, a different um, preamp to the Avalon, but I knew that the Avalon was accessible. Um, and the other little one is, you know, it works well. It's just dials and switches. But it means that, you know, again, if, if the client does decide they want a little bit, then I can do that for them. Um, also, the other thing is don't forget that in Reaper, you've also got plugins that you can use. So you then come to a choice between software and hardware. Um, Reaper's got some fairly powerful isotope plugins that I've installed that, you know, are separate and they're accessible. But I still think that there if you really are if you really do want the best and you know universal and apollo do have amazing um uh, preamps where you can run software and virtual plugins to mimic a hardware style preamp i still think it's best to be able to have the physical hardware you know it's it still delivers the best quality i think in in my humble uneducated opinion one <laughs> <laughs> uh, one other note about not processing is is that way when you when you uh, take your dog and go out to a studio and they have a U87, if it's not if what you did in, the, in your studio is not processed and then they're capturing you unprocessed, they have a much easier time matching up. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You mean, totally there, right. There'll be less yep. of a difference You're in the preamps right. than the mics, and then the rooms will be different for sure, but certainly like one less thing to try to undo in a sense. That's right. Well, I'd love to have uh, Alistair on our next mic shootout. Yeah, he might be able to hear stuff. Ah. 
You know, when we're comparing mics and listening to files and saying, we think this sounds like this, this thing's like yeah. that. Yeah. Totally. I think we should oh. definitely have Alistair on We should start a, a, a series called Stump Alistair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is my U87 emulator, uh, you know, plug-in. Well, maybe we, maybe, we could start a new, maybe we could start a new segment with Alistair called Pick That Mic. Yeah. There you go. Or maybe, maybe what we should call is, um, you know, and we could literally call it the blind test. Oh, <laughs> the double blind. Now you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. Now be you're careful thinking. About that. I, I, I'm a bit of a. I'm a bit of a. I'm a bit of a funny one for puns. I, I tend not to take prisoners. So I, you know, when we went to this uh, mutual friend of ours and we were testing out the mics with Richie, um, when we went to this client's place that we both know well, and he literally plugged in. Is, you know, this chum has an Avalon, and we plugged in. We had a, uh, a Neumann TL103, a 102. We had a Rode NT1, an NT1A, a 416. There you go, and a U87AI. And we tested them all, and and they didn't tell me which ones we were going to use. I didn't want to see. And when I pulled, when I spoke into the U87 through the Avalon, I was like, ah, oh, I like that. And then you know, we went. I wanted to have the 416 as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm open to the next mic I'm going to buy is another road just to have so that I can have a slightly different sound because I love that. You know, that's getting into the sound side of things, which I'm learning more about, and it's very exciting indeed. What would actually be an interesting challenge would be um, uh, Alistair on um, Andrew's Austrian Audio. I think that would yeah, sound yeah. nice. I, I can imagine that those two would be we a nice We just volunteered match. Andrew's mic because he's we not have. here. Andrew's going to be sending you his new microphone <laughs> in That's the next right. couple of days, Alistair. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, it didn't arrive. I don't know. Um, uh, the post office. The, 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 other, the other thing I've thought about doing that might be of interest to your listeners as well, and... Um, which, you know, I've discussed this, is actually... Because I had a client the other day that said, when I was working with them, obviously, they sent me through the script, um, and it was in PDF, and so I tried to get it in text because it just makes it easier. And they'd ask the question, oh, how do you edit? And, and I always put stuff into Notepad because it's just so fast. And I hate latency. I get very... As Richie and Michael can attest, I use things relatively quickly. And so I get very irritated, and, and as my wife, Sarah, will say, I get very annoyed with inanimate objects and swear and curse at them. And we wanted to make sure that I could use this. And so the client was fascinated. She said, well, you know, how does that work? And I explained to her, and she said, oh, that's really interesting. So what we've actually decided to do, um, and, you know, once we've got it up and running, we can update your listeners, is we're going to make some videos to physically show people from a visual perspective why and how we've set things up this yeah, way. Yeah, nice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just just to see it in the room you're saying. Not not just the screen but also in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you can That'd yeah. so you can see all of the all of that sort of setup as to how JAWS works, how I can change settings on the mic or adjust the Avalon or um, have Reaper doing things or yeah. I have a really ignorant question. Could you, if if the letters are raised and it's not Braille, but just letters, could you figure that out? Have you ever had to? Yes. Or is that- I can read letters, in, like if you're looking at the bumper of a car, for example, and the letters are individual, I can read those. If it's running writing, I think if the letters run together, then no. But if they're separated like in block, yeah. then yes, I can. Um, I haven't done that for years, but I think, Michael, there used to be a machine years ago that, we used to use which went up under your finger it was sort of 
it used to use like a light that would sort of get hot under your finger and you could feel it moving around. Huh. I, I'm trying to think what it was called. Not aware of that one. <laughs> it would um, read optically what's below your fingers and then convert that to Braille or what would it do? No, no, it was it was visual. Um, and okay. this is back in the 80s. So this goes you know, back years with technology, but I'll have to try and find what it was called. Um, I don't think they make it any longer, but um, there are other things that too... There was a company in England with one of the universities that was investigating using, and Richie and I found this fascinating, a wave board so that you can actually see with a device, if you imagine a flat piece of paper with a little stick on it that moves up and down to show you the waveforms. Because one thing, when you're sighted doing it, it's you can skim through a long form read very quickly because you can see where the wave points are if you've got a gap, say, in Source Connect where you're working with a client. Whereas if you're blind, you can't do that. So that's why I scrub backwards and forwards very quickly or I put in markers as I'm reading along um, so that I know that oh, I can go back to point three and that's take four and so that makes it much easier. But um, there was this little machine that was quite... Fa- I don't know if they ever got it off the ground, but it was fascinating because you could actually feel what the waveforms are doing. We've never seen it here. Well, um, it's but you it's almost like you want the waveform to literally pop up out of the paper. Tactile image maker, haven't they? Yeah, that's right. And I think the other thing is also to remember is that with a lot of this stuff... The most important thing is to try and, and you know, realising that this studio build is probably, you know, there's an element of complexity uh, and skill required in setting this sort of thing up that's beyond what most average VOs would use for their home setups. But the reason why that's crucial is to make it as seamlessly easy as possible to use as an end user on the front end um, so that you can, uh, you know, make it work as easily as possible. Um, and sometimes overcomplicating it with something like a wave peak meter with feel, I'd love that, but also it'd be an unnecessary distraction, I think. Um, and and well, if, it gets, if, if it's sense. too loud, you could lose an eye. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could. Uh, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to <laughs> disagree on the relative physical parameters of seeing eye to eye on things, but that's all good. <laughs> So, uh, so don't worry, Robert. That wasn't there. even as bad as some of the ones we've come up with over the time. So. <laughs> um, I, I want to hit you with one question that occurs to me. If you could go back to the very beginning of all this and give young Alistair one bit of advice that would see him through the, the career that you've had, what would that bit of advice be? Um, that's a really good question. Uh, I think... Persevere. Mm. Um, persevere as much as you can. You know, life being blind can be challenging. And I think one of the things I've learned is to never let it stop you or prevent you from doing anything you want to. You know, I mean, uh, I've driven cars at 190 miles an hour, for example. You know, took my Jag to a racing circuit in the UK and, and drove it. I wanted to see how fast it went. So I found an old airfield and they said, yep, you know, pay you 50 quid, you go for it, mate. So I did. Um, and I think that's the thing is wherever you can see a possibility, turn it into an advantage or find a way of making something impossible as possible as you can. You know, I suppose the, the final word on that is, you know, don't take no for an answer. Um, find a way of making something work if you have to ask for help or engage people. And I think this is where, 
you know, coming back to being a person that is respectful of people's help, you know, if you can be kind to someone and help them as well, um, you know, paying help that you've received forwards is is often forgotten in this modern, fast-paced world that we live in. And I think that's very, very relevant is to, you know, I felt very strongly that, you know, having Michael and Richie in on this podcast for me is is so fabulous because those two chaps have made it possible for my voiceover journey to continue in a way that is, you know, very, very functional. Mm. Um, and those guys have made that possible. And I always want to, coming back to you know, answering your question, Darren, always acknowledge the support you've been given by people because, you know, paying it forward, you know, it'll work for you. You know, if, you, if you've worked with a client and they've gone, oh, it doesn't matter that he can't say, that's great, we'll book him for another job, then that's how that happens. You know, it's you've just got to persevere. Yeah, persevere. yeah. It sounds like my two-year-old agrees with you as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the perfect way to end this. Um, I, I do have to say uh, I was very young, obviously, starting at my career, and I was inspired by Matt, and uh, you certainly uh, inspire the same amount of awe in what you're doing, mate, it takes a lot of courage in a in an industry that, let's be honest, can be cutthroat. So, um, so well done to you. Oh, well, thank you. And as I said, I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in without the support that I've received from so many wonderful people who have given of their time and their patience in getting me to where I am. And I feel very humbled by that that I've been given that opportunity. And uh, all I can do in return is work as hard as I can to, you know. To, to, to get myself to the next level. You know, we're having a baby in January, so, you know, I, I just want to be able to have a life like everyone else, basically. I mean, that's, and that's it. So, you know, and do what I love doing, which is voicing things. This show was mixed by Voodoo Sound, edited by Andrew Peters, using Source Connect Now and Rode microphones, with technical support from George the Tech Whittem. Don't forget to subscribe and like us. You look for